0: Welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are having a great week. Going to get into some uh, listener questions and just some overall thoughts of the program after the uh, loss to uh, Louisville this past week. Uh, But first, I want to get this ad read out of the way. Um, Those of you guys that are into uh, gambling, uh, you might have a chance to win some money on Florida State this week. Uh, with them welcoming uh, Syracuse to town, uh, but um, Bet Online with believe um, podcast. Uh, we're back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Uh, head to the website to use a mobile device to sign up today. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, don't forget to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, uh, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts now. What about that what about that press conference from Mike Novell today? Woo talk about talking about having a belief in your process and and what's going to happen. Um, you know, I thought that was good to see. I wrote about I wrote about that on the uh, the site today. Um, as far as um at the end the message he sent to the recruits and I, I thought that was I thought that was, you know, I don't know. I don't think he knew he was going to get a question about recruiting, but the way he kind of just, you know, spazz on that question and just um, just put it out there about what you know what he wants. I mean, it's almost like an infomercial for recruiting, um, you know, just from the press conference. So, um, man, that was that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, But I want to get to some listener questions first. And um, the second question will kind of lead me into kind of just the overall theme of things i want to kind of hit on um so shout out to um loyal listeners for um you know submitting uh these couple of questions and i, I kind of did this I, I was on a tight schedule today i didn't know if i was going to be able to record tonight or if i would have to wait until tomorrow but i wanted to go ahead and uh, kind of get this out um more in real time instead of waiting uh, you know into uh, putting this out on wednesday but um first question is uh from a from my guy uh, one day at a time on twitter i appreciate you man um, he asked, would I hire Marvin Jones at linebacker and special teams coach? And I would, I would hire him yesterday. If that meant I could get his son to sign with us in the 2022 recruiting class, uh, just on that alone, I would, um, you know, not even counting what he would bring to the table as a linebackers coach. Um, I think JP coach JP, uh, does a good job on special teams. So it probably would just be at linebacker um that I would hire Marvin Marvin Jones but, but yeah I would just I, I have no idea if he if he can recruit or not um but I would have to think he would be able to teach the linebacker position um and have those guys um play play much better than what we see now although although we do see some flashes from Kalen Delope, so I, I have to get some credit there but yeah I would definitely hire Mar- Marvin Jones um especially if it meant that um you know we would get his son in this upcoming recruiting cycle Um, The second question is from Chris. Um, Chris, I appreciate you, man. Um, And this and I'm going to use your question, really, because this is kind of what I wanted to get into as I was thinking about just kind of the overall climate of just what people were saying online. And, you know, it's oh, man, some 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 takes are just crazy out there. But, you know, just, you know, they have their own agenda. But but anyway, so Chris asked, um, knowing what we know now. Covid finances hiring um, the early signing day uh, ramifications recruiting all things above um, did FSU make the right decision to make a coaching change when it did in 2019? And of course, that was right after the embarrassing like 52 to 10 loss against our rival um, Miami and. You know, um, that's that's a tough question. I think in hindsight, if if the administration knew COVID was coming, you know, they probably do not make that decision to fire Willie Taggart at the time um, because, you know, you know, you're not going to have an offseason. I mean, you know, you can't really recruit. I mean, COVID just kind of changed the game in so many ways um, that. I mean, in knowing what we know now that how that season was going to go, you know, they probably probably are just better off, you know, just keeping him and uh, saving that that buyout or at least decreasing that buyout um, if they decided to fire him after the 2020 season. Um, You know, but, you know, they fired him and I will tell you, I fought for Coach Taggart you know some of the some similar things that i'm writing with regarding mike novell just trying to find the positives trying to look for glimmers of hope that hey we might be going in the right direction you know there was like one game i think it was nc state game in 2019 where i was like hey we might be going in the right direction you know and, but then just man that you know then you had the wake forest game and then you had um you know, the Miami game, and it was just, I mean, I don't know if I i remember a team just being so unprepared for such an important game. I mean, I, after that game, I, you know, when they, when they decided to fire him, you know, I was like, you know what, I understand it, and not, not only that, I mean, you know, there were a lot of things behind the scenes that people, you know, the casual fan don't, you know, they don't really know, um, just, uh, you know, the sheer unorganization of things, and Um, And I know people say, well, you know, Mike's more organized and they're still 0 four. you know, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. But the point is there, you know, there was no sign whatsoever that Willie Taggart was going to be able to turn the program around um, with the way things are going, you know. So it was almost like and I've been trying to think of a good analogy to um, to kind of describe. You know, kind of, uh, I guess, in layman's terms, you know, it's almost like if you if you have a friend and um, he or she, you know, wants to wants to, you know, wants to hook you up with somebody. Right. And, you know, they show you a picture of them. You know, hey, you know, looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. And, you know, you kind of exchange information with that person and you talk on the phone, you know, you may text back and forth and you know everything everything sounds good everything sounds good and you know you decide okay well let's let's meet up let's meet up get together uh, face to face and when you meet face to face you're like "Uh, something something's not quite right but you know on the strength of my friend and um, uh, you know, we, we did have some, some decent conversations, you know, I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm, uh, you know, we'll go out again or we'll meet face to face again. And, you know, but it only takes like, you know, takes about three or four times together and you kind of say, Hmm, yeah, this, this isn't going to work out. So, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, delaying and, in, uh, inevitable, you go ahead and cut ties and, you know, you say I'm going to go ahead and, you know, look elsewhere for, you know, companionship or whatever it is you're looking for, you know, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how it was with Willie Taggart. I mean, you know, the way that the way the program was going, it wasn't like he was going to sign a top recruiting class, you know, in in that um, 2020 recruiting cycle. Uh, Some guys were already kind of wavering to begin with. So, you know, who would he have been able to sign in the early signing period? And I know, um, you know, some people say, well, well, he had had Jeff Sims committed. And, you know, that's true. And then, you know, when Mike Novell came along, um, you know, whatever happened with that situation, some people believe that Mike told Jeff to go elsewhere. And there's conflicting reports on that. And you know, then some people will point and say, Well, Jeff Sims is playing okay at Georgia Tech, you know, and but if you look last year, you know, he didn't he didn't play well at all. I mean, yes, he beat FSU, but you know, that's not really saying much. Um, you know, but you know, but Mike signed a guy in Chuba Purdy who was ranked higher than than Jeff Jeff Sims and has a better a higher overall uh, ceiling as well. You know, the problem is, you know, Jeff enrolled early. He didn't really benefit much from that because of COVID, you know, so, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. Um, but at the same time, he was able to kind of take his lumps last year as a true freshman. And then he's had this whole entire offseason to prepare coming into 2021. You know, Trevor Purdy didn't enroll early. Um, and then as soon as he gets to FSU, um, you know, in the fall, you know, he he gets injured in like the first um, scrimmage and breaks his collarbone and, you know, or, you know, misses most of, um, you know, most of the fall and then, you know, then heals up and he gets thrown right into the fire. Um, there, um, starts against, uh, NC state, I think it was. And then winds up having some complications from the collarbone injury, um, which I think required another surgery. And then basically winds up missing, all of this spring, all the summer, like wasn't even in Tallahassee. He was back in Arizona rehabbing. And then he gets back in the fall. So everybody clamoring for a Chubba Purdy to come in and play. Like Chubba hadn't even practiced. I mean, he didn't even have a full year under his belt as far as, you know, learning offense and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, if he was ready, he will be in there. And, you know, that's simply not the case. I mean, cause basically he's, he's practically, you know, still a true freshman. And, um, you know, so that, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of where, where things are with, uh, with Chuba Purdy. Um, and obviously take Rodemucker you know, he's a great practice player, but he hasn't been able to, you know, take things over to the game, um, to make things happen. So, you know, basically, and then, you know, the offensive line is not, it's not abysmal, I mean, Mackenzie Milton took some sacks against Louisville that were on him, just holding the ball, you know, too long. Uh, Robert Scott, you know, did 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 whiff on a couple couple plays, but you know, I think there were like six sacks altogether. But all of those were not on the offensive line, you know. And then when Jordan Travis is in there, he's taking some sacks that um, you know, there's some plays he's got to get the ball out, and he just you know holds the ball and then he gets happy feet, and then it's a sack. Um, You know, and do you want to put Chuba Purdy back there behind that offensive line, knowing that he hasn't had really, you know, a full year uh, of practice and um, you're not, you know, if he may win you, uh, you know, a a game, maybe um, this year, you know, but this year is kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say a lost cause, but, you know, you're more than likely not going to make a bowl game. You know, so I would, you know, Mackenzie Milton's not going to be here. Um, You know, he's hurt, obviously. Jordan Travis is hurt. You know, I would ride those guys as much as you can and, um, you know, let the chips fall where they may. The recruits that are um, still committed, um, there's probably one or two right now that probably will decommit at some point. But um, the most important ones you know, Travis uh, Hunter and AJ and Duffy, you know, those, those guys are, you know, they're locked in by all accounts. So um, you got to keep those two, you know, if you keep those two, I mean, not saying the other guys aren't important because there are a lot of offensive line guys that, that they need, that they have committed, that they need in that class. But um, if you keep AJ Duffy and Travis Hunter, then, those two guys are difference makers, um, and of course, uh, Sam McCall, with the way the secondary is is looking, uh, Hunter McCall can come in and play right away next year. But um, you know, the recruits know. You know, the, the coaching staff did a great job of communicating to them that you know, hey, this this roster isn't really good, and we're probably not going to win a lot of games. I mean, that's the only way that these recruits these recruits have that the mentality that they have, you know, um, otherwise, you know, they, they would be, you know, putting out decommit notes left and right. Um, especially with the caliber of players that they have, um, committed thus far, you know, so, um, you know, and I wrote, I wrote on the site there at chopchat.com. Um, I posted it this morning. I mean, the guys are playing hard, you know, I can see I can see some improvement compared to last year, and people say, Well, is O-4. Yeah. You know, as he said today, you know, we're O-4, you know, but then I go back to I go back to Jimbo's first year in 2010. You know, they won ten games that year. And then you go to the two thousand and eleven season, they won nine games. But that two thousand and eleven team was much better than the two thousand and ten um, team, you know, so, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, it's a results-oriented business, but at the end of the day, um, you can't just look at wins and losses as, you know, what team is better than which, you know, I mean, if you were to line up this year's team against last year's team, who would win, you know, that would be, that would be an interesting, uh, interesting thought, right? So think about that and um, shoot shoot me a message on on my Twitter account, uh, kh chop chat uh, or you can hit me at at chop chat underscore or at built for playmakers Um, i'm curious to hear your thoughts on who you would think would win between this year's team and last year's fsu team and why okay but you know i see improvements um you know if you look if you look at here's a prime example so in the notre dame game you remember the third and 17 screen screen play when they give up you know, like fifty five yards on the screenplay. I've seen like two instances where screens have been called and you see the defensive line, uh, you know, they react, they notice it immediately. And, you know, they, they swarm to the ball and make a play. Um they they um uh, they, they saw that against Louisville this past week. And I think Louisville probably got you there was some missed tackles in there. But what you want to see is, oh, they they're recognizing that this is a screen play and then you know they're not just rushing you know, uncontrollably to the quarterback whenever they're getting free releases, um, you know. So things like that. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of plays against Louisville. Some of them, you just got to tip your cap to the Louisville receivers. I mean, the guys were there, you know, and they just made a play. You know, um, you know, it's as simple as that. Um, but you know what? You, the other thing you're not seeing is. I mean, against Louisville last year, you know, like I said in the, in the written piece, you know, they could have scored a 100, it seemed like. You know, the score was 48 to 16. And if you, rem- if you remember, Chuba Purdy came in in the second half of that game, and he probably would have had some nice stats if his receivers could have caught the ball. I mean, he had like five or six drops in the second half. I mean, Keyshawn Hilton had two himself, you know, and he had one touchdown, he just dropped it. And then you turn around and look at, the game on Saturday against Louisville, yeah, you know they were down thirty-one-seven, and you're thinking, man, you know they could probably score forty-eight to sixty easily, you know, and yeah, Louisville probably did let up somewhat, um, but I think you saw FSU score right before the half, and then they got the ball at half and scored on two plays, you know, that kind of energized. You know, the defense and, you know, I've I've been saying this and I don't know. I don't know if people are catching it, but the offense, I I keep harping on the offense. The offense has to improve. If I promise you, if the offense puts up better numbers, if they if they improve just a little bit, the defense will improve. I promise you it means something when the defensive players know the offense can score points and you saw it you saw it whenever you know they came out boom you know Jayson Corbin with the 75 yard touchdown run boom you saw the defense come out and get a stop boom you know and then they got multiple stops and the offense was you know they they moved the ball you know in the second half you know and you know they just couldn't convert on third downs or you know some of the fourth down plays and i'm not even going to go into the fourth down stuff with Mike Novel um <laughs> oh, man i don't know i I'll, I'll save that one for another day, but, you know, I really, you really want the offense to feed off of the defense and then you want the defense to feed off of the offense. If, if those guys can, if if those two units can start, um, you know, feeding off of one another, you, you're going to see a better product on the field. Um, you know, and, um, the other thing that has to improve and, 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 you know, this is going to be, uh, in the piece, it's going to post, on uh, Tuesday morning um, is special teams. You know, Mike Novell talks about um, this is one thing that's kind of regressed, really. You know, he talks about special teams being, um, you know, kind of the the identity of the team. Well, you know, he he didn't he never lied about that because, you know, special teams hasn't been good. And this team hasn't been good. Um, And they spend way too much time on special teams not to be. Decent. I mean, they're making mental errors. Um, Keyshawn Helton's not catching punts, letting the ball hit the ground, losing stupid amounts of yardage. Um, Ryan Fitzgerald, man, you know, I don't want a dog kid, but man, FSU's got to find a kicker. I mean, credit to him for coming back and making the kick against Louisville. But that four-point swing of missing the extra point and missing that field goal, That's the difference in FSU um, on the last drive that they had needing a touchdown and a two point conversion just to tie opposed to needing a touchdown to win the game. You know, that four point swing changes things on that last drive. You know, FSU probably doesn't call, you know, probably do things a little different as far as like what they're calling on the last drive, knowing if they get a touchdown, the game is over for the most part. You know, so um, the only the only bright spot for special teams has been uh, Alex Mastromano, who's averaging like 43 yards per punt. You know, and of course, the the broadcasts are pointing out that, um, you know, he can kick with either leg, which is kind of impressive. But, um, you know, other than him, kickoff return. Uh, you know, I, I said it in the broadcast uh, in the game, the Louisville game the other day, I was like, you know, just fair catch the ball they are not even making it back to the twenty yard line. And I know and I know you you know you you gotta you gotta practice these things to improve on them, but at the same time like you're putting yourself in a hole with an offense that isn't very good. Um if you're starting on the fifteen yard line or eighteen yard line compared to the 25, 25 yard line, I mean that, that makes a difference. You know, so at this point I'm like, look, just, just be smart and make good decisions. Fair catch the ball. And start at the 25 and go from there, opposed to being closer to your uh, own goal line. You know, but, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, have their doubts about Mike Norville. Um I, I believe in Mike Novell still. I know, I know I wrote that um, fans didn't have faith in him after, um, you know, the Wake Forest loss. Um, and, and a lot of fans didn't. I, I wasn't really speaking for For all fans more so, I mean, I wanted to address this in my last podcast. I wasn't saying that, you know, Mike Novell, you know, needed to be fired or anything like that. I think what I was saying is people were losing faith in Mike Novell as the one that could bring them back to prominence to elite status, you know, to win ACC championships and national championships. (laughs) That's kind of that's kind of what. What I was saying, as far as like people losing faith in him, um, but I think Mike Mike has a plan. Um, like I said, he's a he's a great um, evaluator as far as like roster management, knowing what holes need to be filled. Because if you look at it, all of the transfers on the team are the best players. And Ma- think about this: imagine imagine if they hadn't signed Mackenzie Milton. Now, part of that was um, you know Luke Altmaier deciding to go back to Ole Miss to sit on the bench and not play. You know, but they brought in McKenzie Milton, and a lot of people say, "Well, yeah, but that was kind of a wasted move." But really, it wasn't because if you don't get McKenzie Milton, you're probably not going to get Jermaine Johnson. You're probably not going to get um, uh, Jamie Robinson. You're probably not going to get a few of the Kier Thomas. Uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson, Kier Thomas have been two of your best guys on the defensive line. Um, you know, Jamie Robinson just had 13 tackles uh, in the Louisville game. Um, you know, so. You know, and imagine if you um, had to put Trevor Purdy or Tate Rotomaker out there. Um, if you didn't have Mackenzie Milton out there, with Jordan Travis being injured, um, you know, you know, one of the first things uh, Mike Mike Novell did was, um, you know, they started targeting quarterbacks. You know, that was you know, he signed two quarterbacks within the first ten days of you know getting on the job. Um, you know, he is identified court. He knows he has to have a quarterback and they have one in AJ Duffy. You know, they just, you know, obviously they have to sign him. Um, and really, and I've been saying it, if you have good quarterback play, this team is three and one at worst instead of Oh, and four, I firmly believe that. I mean, you, you just look, you can just look at the quarterback play, um, Against Notre Dame, quarterbacks had you know, Jordan Travis through three three turnovers. That's twenty one points. Jacksonville State game that's on the coaches. They were out there on some on some BS. I'm just you know that's on the coaches. Wake Forest, McKenzie Milton, uh, Corbin, you know six six turnovers. You're not going to be anybody good with six turnovers. Um, Louisville game if you have you know slightly better quarterback play. Um, like I said, Mackenzie Milton left. Uh, he left a lot of plays out out there on the field. You know, he did, he missed some reads. Um, you know, man, props to the kid for being out there tough, tough as nails. But you know, the turf monster caught him twice, and he, he you know lost a lot of yards um, on those plays. Uh, he missed some throws that you absolutely have to make. You know, but then again, you know his receivers didn't didn't do him any favors either. But I'm a firm believer in good quarterbacks make players better. Um, you know, look at Tom Brady in the NFL. You know, he, he had a couple of years where he had some no name guys out there and he was still willing and dealing, you know, and I think, I think that's the case with, um, um, with what's going to happen here with, with Mike Novell, you know, if, if you can, if you can sign, you know, AJ Duffy, get Travis Hunter in there, you know, get some of those O-linemen in there. You're probably going to have to go to the transfer portal, Again, for um, one or two offensive linemen, um, you, you continue to develop, you know, some of the guys that you brought in over the past year or two. Um, but just upgrading, you know, upgrading quarterback play is, is going to be huge. Um, you know, if, if, if they can if they can do that in the next year, I think I think you'll see things turn around. Not saying they're going to win, you know, 10 or 11 games, but I think you'll see them win. Um, you know more games, than a lot of people will expect, especially you know, with how this year's going. Um, you know, with maybe winning, you know, two to three games. Um, but but yeah, so you know, I, you know, I believe, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this how this how this game come, you know, plays out with Syracuse. Um, I, I wish uh, I wish I could they could play tomorrow. I'm so. Uh, and I never thought I would say this, especially after the Jacksonville State game, but I'm i am very curious to see if they can take some of the things that we saw in the Louisville game, especially on defense, and and apply them to the Syracuse game. Because Syracuse, you know, they're 3-1, and one, but they haven't beaten anyone. The, the the loss that they do have is against the only Power 5 team that they played in, uh, which was Rutgers, and I think it was 7-19-9 or something like that. Um, so yeah, you know, they average like 30 points a game and they only allowed, was it 17 points a game or whatever, but you know, they haven't played anyone either. Um, I mean, they, you know, they went life and death for Liberty last week. So, um, I'm curious to see if, if we can see some of those things, uh, transfer from Louisville second half to, um, the Syracuse game. And who knows, man, you know, confidence is, is a scary thing. I, I as a former athlete, I can tell you. Confidence. I've I've I had games where I went up there, you know, to hit, knowing like it, it, it didn't cross my mind about making it an out. And um, you know, you got up there, and you, you, the ball looked like a beach ball coming up there. And and then some days, you know, you, you lacked confidence, and the ball looked like a marble coming down there. You know, trying to hit it. Um, you know, and for whatever reason, you know, whether. Uh, whatever had transpired to make you increase confidence or lose confidence, um, you know, y- you got to find a way to believe in yourself. And I think that's what this team is kind of struggling with right now. You see it, you see it in spurts. You can see them, you know. You can see, you know, second half Notre Dame. Um, We're really first, you know. They didn't play too bad in the first half, really. And yes, Notre Dame, all, all things considered. Then you look at. Um, you know, second half of Louisville. So you see glimpses of it, you know, and like Kenny Dillingham said today, you know, they just got to put it all together. Um And then once they do, I think, you know, that confidence could not, you're not saying they're going to, you know, uh go and win the rest of the games on the schedule, but I, I do think you're going to see if they do put it together against Syracuse, a more confident team um moving forward and, and obviously um if they can stay healthy um and, and gain some confidence then you know that could um translate into an improved product and, and maybe one or two more wins than than we think is possible at the moment. Um but um but yeah so just want to get on here and uh and touch on some of those things. Um, you know, like I said that the uh, <laughs> The the social media timeline was was crazy over the past few days. Um there's still, you know, still Willie Taggart supporters and believe it or not, still Jimbo Fisher supporters. Man, that, that is so exhausting. Um, you know, people have selective memory for whatever reason. Um and I tweeted it earlier today, you know, this this thing started under Jimbo as far as the decline, the waste of talent. Um I had a guy that used to cover uh Florida State, you know, back in the day talking about what Jimbo would have done if he was here now and it was just just bull. Um because like I said, you know, Jimbo Jimbo signed uh, like forty three blue chip players from um two thousand fourteen to seventeen that went undrafted. Yeah. Forty three blue chip players that went undrafted. And um, you know, didn't have a quarterback, you know, drafted since Jameis. And um, if you go and uh, look at Jimbo at Texas A&M now and everybody's like, oh, they were ranked number six in the nation. And look, they went life and death with a UNC team that had 50 percent of their roster missing in the bowl game. You know, a lot of that ranking stuff, especially the pre preseason ranking is just media bias with SEC. You know, I'm, I'm not buying it. And you look and Texas A&M is two and two. Um, Jimbo has scored. 10 points against Colorado in a ten-seven win. And he just scored 10 points against Arkansas. 10 so 20 points in those two games. And the other two games are against cupcakes. No, Jimbo wasn't going to fix what was wrong with FSU. No, it wasn't about the facilities. You know, he had just lost the program and that's that. That's, those are the facts. You know, those are the facts. Um, He's got all the resources at A M. Um he signed up a bunch of guys and they're still they're two and two right now. Two and two right now. Um, you know, so um again, I believe I believe um, you know, Mike Novell can get this thing turned around. Um I am curious to see if he's gonna make any changes um to the staff. Um, you know, but again, you know, he mentioned today continuity is 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 um yeah, it's a it's a big thing and you you need it you need that stability to to um to build that foundation um uh, so it would be interesting to see um how um adam fuller chris marv um and to a lesser extent kenny dylan you know how they perform uh in the next you know eight games i think those those things are going to be telling as far as uh what the future holds but um you know, I appreciate you guys uh, support me. Um, it's always fun to come in here and talk FSU football, and um, I appreciate um, the questions. Um, again, you can uh, make sure you um, subscribe, download, um, tell your friends. If you are, are looking for um, you know a different voice, uh, there's some other great podcasts out there. You know, I listen to some of them, um, but you know, I um, also like to give um, give my opinion because difference from some of the guys out there too so um we appreciate you guys and um we look forward to um discussing the Syracuse game um in a few days go (laughs) now